Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm out in Detroit, Michigan, having fun, shooting pool in the pool hall. And, you know, some people, they want to gamble. You know, not $10 a ball or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And no. I'm like, nah. Words got to change, and I got into a fight. I had to fight. They tried to get me. I had to fight them off me. I'm trying to save myself. Then one of them grabbed me. Another one took the pool cue and swiped the pile right across my right across my head. Look at my eye in the corner. My yeah, I, I, I know you know. Mm-hmm. My eyes droopy. Almost lost my eye. This ended my career. My kids don't even know how I look. They never seen me with two eyes. This happened when I was 23. I had my first kid when I was 27. Damn. My kids don't even know how I look. Eric Kelly is telling me about a fight from decades ago. But even now, with his towering presence and gigantic fists, it's hard imagining anyone actually wanting to fight him. At that point, he was one of the top-ranked boxers in the country, a favorite to go to the Olympics. But one brutal bar fight would change that. We talked in between his trips to the hospital, where his fifth kid, Sebastian Kelly, was born hours earlier. The kid's nickname? Bash. Even now, Eric holds on to these old ideas about when to fight and why all men have to be willing to do it, at least if they want to be considered a man. I wanted him to explain why. I'm Eamon Ismail, and this is Man Up. On this show, we tell honest, embarrassing, funny, and sometimes disturbing stories that have shaped how we think about being men. I wanted to do this because I've always had this vague fear that I'm not man enough. I'm from this community of immigrant Muslims in Newark, New Jersey, so I mostly saw patriarchal families whose roles were clearly prescribed. There was never a doubt about what a man was supposed to be. But now that I'm older and starting a family of my own, I'm realizing I don't want to be that guy exactly. I'm looking at what's going on around me and the relationships I see between men and their families, men and other men, men and women, in the news, in our culture. So now with these stories, I'm investigating where our ideas about manhood come from to figure out what kind of man I do want to be. This week, we're going to hear a story about a guy who first learned to fight to survive in his neighborhood. I can relate. I threw hands a few times growing up. Sometimes it was just for fun. But other times, it felt necessary. Eric Kelly's life was shaped by that one bar fight in Detroit. I wondered when I talked to him if it changed his perspective. I remember one day my mom had sent me a box of G.I. Joes. I used to love G.I. Joes. It was 1990, and Eric was the new kid on the block. His family had just moved to Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn from Florida. And I'm talking way before those cupcake shops. I'm not. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm in the old Brooklyn. I'm not in gentrified Brooklyn. Eric was 10. He played in the local park. The kids weren't like his friends back home. Would you believe action figure by action figure, they took my toys? No lie, they took my toys. And they would just take off running and say, hold on, let me go go right to the swimming and don't come back. Mm. 
And now I'm trying to chase trying to get my toy. I leave the other toys there. Somebody went and grabbed the other one and run. They took my toys. Damn. And I had picked up a chain. It was a chain. Like that went to a bicycle. It was a chain. And I turned into the fifth Ninja Turtle. I was Nigga Nardo, And I was swinging the chain. You feel me? They wasn't gonna. They wasn't gonna get me. As I'm fighting, my stepmom walks down the street and see me in the park fighting, swinging the chain. And she said, "All right, y'all, leave him alone. He gonna kill you." <laughs> I'm ten years old. I also got into fights at that age. It seemed normal, right? Fighting was a rite of passage. Like a lot of us, Eric has a ton of stories like this, but he doesn't call it fighting. He calls it surviving. I was good at surviving. His father eventually intervened. He signed Eric up for boxing classes to keep him busy and away from trouble. Here's what I'm curious about, right? So you didn't want to have to fight for your toys. You didn't want to have to fight for for just time to be outside. But then boxing happened, right? Yes. Tell me how that translated from being just like this thing you had to do for survival into a sport that you were you were bringing into your life because um i was good at surviving at it outside mm. and that was the confident builder to let me know that i can do it inside i said well this guy i'm about to box he can only use his hands the guy that i was dealing with outside used his hands his feet use a chain use a bottle whatever a stick whatever he can get in his hand he mm. used it and i was able to survive that so this can be a cakewalk don't get me wrong. The boxer wasn't a cakewalk. Yeah, you lost your first two matches. I, I was very wrong yeah. because they teaching you how to throw the punches. And when they teach you how to throw the punches in boxing, that's when you got the right power on the end of the punches. Mm-hmm. You feel me? One guy hit me. I'm, I'll never forget it. I threw the right hand, and he came over with the left hook. Pow! And hit me, and my leg got hot. My I like yo, I don't I don't know what happened. My leg got hot. It just heated up. It's the nerves. Eric's boxing career exploded. He became the 1998 USA boxing under 19 champion. He was still in high school. I'm the talk of the school. I'm ranked number one in the USA. Who else in the school is ranked number one? The teacher ain't even ranked number one. The teacher ain't even ranked number one in this house. <laughs> It's messed up. I'm on top of the world. Can't nobody tell me nothing. He earned a full scholarship to the United States Olympic Education Center and went on to become the 1999 American Boxing Classic champion. In 2000, he was the National Golden Gloves champion. He was ready to prove that he was the greatest fighter in the world. Man, I'm going to get emotional here because now I'm the top guy in the country. And... A favorite to be a part of the Olympic team, and then my father gets real sick. I don't want to really talk about it in too much detail here on the podcast because it's going to be it's crazy, you know. Somebody he went blind, um, he had a couple strokes, and the doctors didn't think my dad was going to live. My dad spent the whole summer of two thousand, the whole summer of two thousand fighting for his life I'm trying to fight to make the Olympic team mm-hmm. same year I, st- I started this like I fell up short on making the Olympic team um, I was the Olympic alternate so I was second um, I go back to school I'm a whole nother person I'm meaner now more aggressive 
You know what I'm saying? My temper is shorter. I started getting into a whole lot of fights, a whole lot of fights, a whole outside the ring, um, hitting people with bottles. And I was at a party one night, and the boxing team and the football players always had beef with each other. We always, egos, egos. But That just sounds petty. Super petty. And, and I'm at the party, and I get into it with one of the football player kids, and I hear, you know, everybody used to little the red and blue Dixie cups that they keep their beer in. I snatched the cup out of his hand, give me a cup, and I spilled the beer on his head and made him wear the cup as a hat. I said, grab that doorknob. If you let that doorknob go, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. Around 10 minutes later, I see him dancing with a girl. Oh, this motherfucker, I'm let the doorknob go. Crack, I went right across his ship. Damn. And I and I and I, I think I broke his nose or his jaw. Something, something was broke. And I got kicked out of the program. Come to find out, the guy that I hit, he was the son of the director of the program. That was his son. I didn't even know that. That was the director. Hey, like just causing all this mayhem. Man, mayhem. It sounds inevitable. Crazy, Crazy. nigga. I ain't told you shit yet. I mean, I fought, but never like that. I can't imagine walking around picking fights with strangers. But I also can't relate to what Eric must have been going through with his father. Got kicked out of school, now I got kicked out of college. I lost my scholarship. I'm a whole nother person. I'm still fighting, still doing things because I know how to box. And I got that pent-up anger and aggression in me. So my fights is just another outlet to... You know what I'm saying? To get that out of me. That one altercation that happened to change my life. I was at a party. <laughs> Mark that bitch. You should just stop going to parties. And man. we go to the hockey house. And we went crazy on those hockey players. Why? Depressed, stupid, ignorant. And I'm laughing, joking, talking, telling the story. But I don't condone it. I don't support it. I regret it. It, it. My life is nothing compared to what it could have been. Yeah. And now I got to I gotta deal with that. I got to live with that. Eric does seem like he enjoys telling these stories. But there's an obvious pain in there, too. I could see it on him. You could hear it in his voice. I can't go back home because what's waiting for me at home, emotionally, I can't, I, I can't deal with it. You know what I mean? What's going on at home? My dad is sick. He's fighting for his life. Yeah, fighting for his life. I, I Mentally, I couldn't deal with it. I was weak. I wasn't man enough to be the man that I needed to be for my family or that I needed to be for myself at the time. I wasn't man enough for that. And today, if he got sick again like that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm 38 years old, and I'm more of a man now, but it's still going to kill me. It'll kill me again. Yeah. But... I'm going to fight through it right now because I learned from the mistake in the past not to go. I know I know what not to do now. I know what not to do. I know not to go back to the crazy shit that I was on before. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When I was 16, I transferred to another school outside of Newark. When another Arab kid tried to bully me, my first instinct was to fight. So I kicked his ass. And it felt good. It made him stop. But when my family found out what happened, they treated me like a little kid. Hardly like a big man. My mom was disgusted, and I started to think twice about fighting. As an adult, I've mostly shaken that off, but I still wonder if I hold on to that instinct more than some other guys. Sometimes I still want to hit people in those tense moments. At times, it feels like I'm one bad night away from what happened to Eric. And Eric was about to lose that one person who might have actually set him straight. As his downward spiral continued, he struggled to hold on to his future. He wasn't ranked number one anymore. He wasn't even ranked in the top ten. Now I'm down to number zero, number nothing. Then one night, the flight in Detroit happened. A pool cue to the eye meant permanent nerve damage. Just like that, his career was over. His eye is still the first thing most people notice about him. It was the first thing that I noticed. The promoters see me as a wounded fighter. I'm a wounded fighter. Eric now owns and operates his own boxing gym in the South Bronx. He was never able to compete again, but he trains and coaches other fighters. He also runs this program for kids who are growing up the way that he did. If a young guy gets picked up off the street for fighting, he might get brought to the gym to deal with Eric instead of going to jail. And if that sounds like the kids are getting off easy, then you don't know Eric. You come in here, you you got blood. You literally got blood. Somebody, why you why you at the desk? trying to sign up, somebody is 10 feet away from you in the rain getting the shit knocked out of <laughs> That's what's going on in this gym. Damn. This is therapy. It's therapy. It's release therapy. This is where the next champion is going to come from. That's crazy. This is also a gym where I we keep kids off the streets mm-hmm. and away from gun violence and drugs. I got a program that I do with the 40 precinct called I call it pizza box. So what I do, I train the kids, they get a good workout, order some pizzas. I don't know what the kids are going home to, but I know there's a lot of poverty. I know that there's a whole lot of poverty. So at least you're gonna, you know, I got a meal for you, you ate something, get a couple slices of pizza, soda, work out, train, do your thing here. Eric was once called the most hilariously abusive boxing coach in a headline. You can see why he doesn't even want to turn it off sometimes. Still, I want to get to the root of some of his bravado. I don't know. I feel like violence itself, uh, it carries so much weight in the communities where, where people have to fight. And then when you get older, people tell you, no, don't fight. Be a bigger man. Do this. Do that. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to. It's not up to you. In life, you need violence. Nothing keeps a man more humble than an ass whooping. I'm for real. But it has to be controlled, obviously. You can't be going, I don't believe in going around bullying people. 
I don't believe, but I also don't believe in letting people disrespect you. Mm. You can't keep turning your back because then you become a target. You turn your back, you're going to become a target. And then people are going to keep egging you on, keep egging you on, keep egging you on. How many times are you going to turn your back? But I look, I look back at those times with sadness, right? I'm not proud of the fact that I had to fight. I see those times as, uh, as, as sad only because I felt like I wish I didn't have to fight, you know? I'm not saying that you got to be proud of it. But you got to be a man. You can't keep being a victim. You never know what may happen one day. You never know who is going to decide to get up and punch you in the face for no reason. He don't even know you. Mm. There's a lot of sick people out here. And if you don't know how to defend yourself, and if you'll you be don't know how to victim. defend yourself, yep. you SOL. You know what I'm saying? You up shit's creek without a paddle. Yep. If you don't know how to defend yourself, I know people 30 something years old, 40 something years old, never had to defend themselves in their life. Because it's a demographic thing. If you're 25, 30 years old and you ain't never been in a fight before, you never had to protect yourself, how do you know how much of a man you are? Think about it. You've never had to protect yourself in times of adversity. Back against the wall. No weapons involved. Just your hands. Yeah. Just their hands. And they foot up your ass, headbutt, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Is it possible to not get into a fight but still be a man? Is that possible? Can do you have to be in a fight to know how much you of a man you to. are? All right, here's here's my perspective. And times of adversity, you gotta go. Let All me right. tell you. Let me. Let I've me been get... in the fights when I was a kid, but I didn't really start to feel like a man until I got older, right? Yes. That was the thing. It's like we're still little kids. We're still fighting. We're fighting all the time. We know who's the toughest. We yes. We we know who to like how to test each other, yes. whatever. But we didn't really that didn't turn us into men. What turned us into men was finding like figuring out how to uplift each other. When we first got jobs and we were buying shit for each other because we knew the other person couldn't eat. Yeah. That that's what made somebody a man. Yeah. The big the coolest kid on the block wasn't the kid that could fight the hardest. It was the kid that was making sure everybody else had something to eat. Let me tell you something. That that's what I'm saying. Like that That's what makes you a good man. So why can't Listen to me talk to All right, you. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> gonna tell you. What you just described to me is right and it's a necessity and it should be practiced all day, every day. I practice it. Mm. That's what makes you a good man, a good person. You think the world's filled with good people? No. What you just described to me makes you a good person. Oh, he's a good-hearted guy. He's a nice guy, respectable guy. But <laughs> there's a but. Got to be a but. It's got to be, be a but. but. Had to be a but. You got this dickhead out there that just mm. pitched your wife because people is crazy. Let me it's, tell you something. I'm about to show you something right now. Hold on. What? I was speaking to one of my kids. He sent me this December 1st. Yo, what happened? I got jumped. Mm. When? Da-da-da. Right now, they try to slice me, yo. but uh, Look what he sent me. Eric shows me this photo of one of his kids in his program. It's a selfie. He's probably 13 or 14 with a huge bloody gash running up the whole side of his neck up to behind his ear. They jumped him. You don't think he had to fight for his life? Look, look how close that is to his yeah. throat. Yeah. They tried to get his throat. 
You don't think he tried to? You don't think he had to fight for his life? I'm telling him to get your ass in the gym. You you see what my reply was? Get your ass in the gym. You don't think he tried to fight? Like this little world that make believe world that you people made up. Oh no, we 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 love everyone. Yeah, okay, that's how it's supposed to be. But what goes as it's supposed to be? You're a human, I'm a human, and we make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. We fuck up, right? You don't think it's gonna be a fight? If it ain't, if 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 there's not gonna be a fight, that means everything is perfect. You know, a perfect world. Use your head for more than a hat rack. Get into a fight. Yo. You gotta fight. You gotta learn. Right. Don't pick one. No. Go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Go take jujitsu. Come to my gym, South Box Gym. It's about not putting yourself in that circumstance. But if you're in that circumstance, you know how to handle yourself. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with insurance? Huh? I worried about what Eric was saying, that to be a man, you had to be willing to fight. I don't think that's true for every man, but for people like Eric who needed to fight so often that it became the basis of his identity, it took a lot more for him to let go of violence as a baseline. As I get older, those impulses are disappearing for me. And to be honest with you, that direct line between violence and manhood nowadays feels like it's been keeping me from growing. But the truth is, I know exactly what Eric is talking about. It's how we came up. It's how a lot of kids do. Next week, we're going to talk about how boys learn about sex. My guest will be someone who went through her teens as the only girl in her circle of friends, an experience that led to her to teach sex ed as a calling. If you want to join in on the conversation, call 805-MAN-UP-07 or 805-626-8707 and leave me a message about where you got your first ideas about what sex is or what it's supposed to be. Man Up is hosted and written by me, Amin Ismail. Our producers are Cameron Drews and Danielle Hewitt. Our executive producers are Jeffrey Bloomer and Loan Lu. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts, and June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts. TJ Raphael is the senior producer of the Slate Podcast Network. You can email me at manup at slate.com and tell me what you think of the show and offer suggestions. Is there a conversation you think we should have? Let us know. And please leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. We'll be back next week with more Man Up. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.